0: And welcome back on this Tuesday. We got lots of COVID headlines to cover this afternoon. And let's start with this shocker from the world of sports. Novak Djokovic, the world's number one tennis player, has tested positive for COVID. Now, not only is he positive, his wife has also tested positive. However, however, fortunately, their kids are negative. Now, Djokovic is being criticized for organizing a couple of tennis tournaments, including one recently in Croatia, in which the stands were packed, they were full of people, and he also brought in players from other countries amid the pandemic. Let's welcome in our good friend, Dr. Nadia Alam, former head of the Ontario Medical Association. She joins us now to talk about this and several other COVID headlines here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dr. Alam, good afternoon.
1: Hi, Jeff. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, Top athlete, Djokovic, testing positive. He gets it. So what's the message here for the average person? Uh, Essentially that nobody is immune and that this uh, COVID uh, pandemic is far from over?
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. I think we are all tired. I think we are all tired of having to follow the rules. We're tired of the fear. We're tired of having to social distance. We're tired of having to look at everybody we pass on the street, whether we know them or not as a possible contagion, right? As a possible source of deadly infection. We're just tired. It's, it's hard to sustain the attention necessary to manage a pandemic, to manage ourselves through a pandemic. So what Mr. Djokovic did, while not recommended kind of didn't surprise me it's it's the same as all of those people who flock to the beach in the u.s it's the same as all those people who flock to the park in toronto right it's it's the same as what you sometimes see um in your own backyards right you look through the backyards you look over to your neighbors and you see teenagers partying people are tired and this is why you will have breakthrough instances. And this is a really good reminder of exactly what you said, Jeff. Nobody is immune. Nobody, whether you're a celebrity, whether you're a sports star, whether you're a doctor um, or another healthcare worker, nobody is immune. You have to maintain precautions. You try and follow the rules as best as you can. And you just realize that this is gonna take a long time. And and if you find that for the people who are struggling. For the people who who aren't just like tired and fed up, but who are just honestly struggling from the anxiety, the fear, the overwhelming um, pressure of having to live through a pandemic, reach out for help
0: that's great advice and you know this is such a shocker particularly for me and I think a lot of other tennis fans because if you know Novak Djokovic I mean this is a guy who is in supreme physical condition Dr. Lam I mean he uh, watches everything that goes in his body I mean he takes his health and his tennis career very very seriously and I think that's why it's such a shocker to us all to hear that he contracted this and I think it also speaks to what you uh, were just speaking to and alluding to is the fact that we just get tired we get worn down. I mean, here's a guy who probably is missing playing tennis, wants to do something to lift people's spirits, tennis fans' mm-hmm. spirits, and have this uh, tournament. Your guard comes down, and there you have it. You test positive.
1: And it speaks to how quickly the virus can spread, right? You, you just never know. You never know. It. The social distancing that Canadians, that Ontarians, that Torontonians have put in place to try and slow down the virus, to control the virus, has worked really well. It doesn't mean that the virus doesn't spread quickly if you relax your guard, if you let down your guard. The virus can spread very quickly from even from people who have no symptoms, right? Most of us know if you're sick, if you're coughing, sneezing, if you've got a fever, stay home. But we also know from studies that about 40-50% of people can have no symptoms and still spread some of the virus. And I wonder what happened here.
0: Yeah. Now I asked you a moment ago, what is the lesson for the average person when it comes to Novak Djokovic? Let me ask you, what is the lesson here for sports? Because as you well know, there's other sports leagues, uh, the NBA, the NHL in particular, they're looking to start back up. Should they pay heed to what has happened here?
1: Absolutely. It means that we we can't go back to business as usual. We can't go back to the sports games of old. Right? Where the where the stadiums were packed, people were sitting shoulder to shoulder, people were, were bumping elbows as they're moving up and down into their seats, to the concession stands, to the bathrooms. No, we, we need to find a new normal. We need to find a new way of attending sports. And that may mean that fewer people are in the stadiums. That may mean that everybody has to wear masks. That may mean that we have to do social distancing when going to the bathroom. That may mean that we need more workers at the stadiums who are helping to keep things clean, right? Wiping down the surfaces that are touched often, like banisters and handrails and doorknobs and things like that. It just means that there is no going back. We, all we can do is move forward. We have to be careful. We can't let down our guard. We have to follow the rules. And if we follow the rules, honestly, it's going to be different, but we'll find a way to survive this. We've already survived the worst. We can certainly survive what's coming.
0: Joined on the line by Dr. Nadia Alam. Dr. Lam, also want to discuss with you here this afternoon, the UK government, they are facing some pressure to ease physical distancing requirements. Now, they've got the same as Canada and pretty much the rest of the world, which is six feet, uh, two meters. Thank but you. there is some pressure, as I say, being put on the government by the hospitality industry, who says they just can't uh, operate uh, with that sort of distancing. Is two meters too much?
1: It's interesting. The two-meter rule, I read an article recently where they talked about this two-meter rule and how the two-meter rule came out of experience from previous pandemics. COVID-19 is a beast on its own. It is a pandemic like none the world has seen. And to be honest, we say that about every single pandemic because every single pandemic is a bit different from the one before. I think what this speaks to is, is the fact that we're still learning about this disease and we're still trying to figure out what's the best way forward. What is the best evidence? You know, as well as I do, um, that in the beginning, there were some questions about how to manage the pandemic, right? People were like, is travel okay? Some people said yes. Some people said no. Um, people wondered, is it okay to be with your family, uh, be in large family gatherings? Some people said yes. Some people said no. Um, people said the same thing about masks. People said the same thing about lots of different things, And as we've learned more, the rules have changed. They've become more nuanced, more fine-tuned as we go along. The two-meter rule, I think, right now should stay until we have good, solid evidence. Otherwise, because as we just saw with Mr. Djokovic, the virus can spread quickly. The virus can spread unexpectedly, even to the healthiest among us.
0: Is it a a delicate balancing act, though? And I'm thinking of Toronto as we get set to move into phase two starting tomorrow. There's a lot of restaurants that are ecstatic, are relieved that they can finally open. Their patios will be Mm -hmm. open. But I'm just wondering a couple of weeks from now, once that new normal is in place, whether or not they're going to say, well, listen, two meters is too much. We could get, I don't know, eight more tables on our patio. We need that financially to uh, survive and that we, we just need a break here.
1: And it may be. I know that the smartest minds in infectious disease and in public health are looking at this all around the world. And it may be that they turn around and say, "Well, you know what? If people need to sit closer, they can do so while wearing masks." However, that becomes a bit of a challenge when you're in a restaurant. I I suspect the two meter. If I was a if I was a betting woman, I I would suspect that the two meter rule is going to stay. And. We're just going to have to find a different way of doing business, and and I realize, I fully realize the economic impact. I am lucky that I'm still able to work through this. I have loads of patients who've lost their jobs and who are struggling, um, and without the emergency relief uh, loans and and all of that that are and the subsidies that the federal government and the provincial government have given out, they would not be able be able to do as well as they have right now. But at the same time, what I also point out to them is if they relax these rules too quickly without solid evidence and the pandemic resurges again, going through lockdown again is going to have a bigger toll on our economy. It is better to be the turtle than the hare in this particular race.
0: Absolutely. All right. They say that when physical distancing is not possible, a mask is your best defense. And there's a new study, new research out today that suggests that face masks are actually the key, the key when it comes to slowing down COVID-related deaths. Just what exactly is the study telling us, doctor?
1: So the study is telling us, and I read through it. The study is telling us it's adding to what's already been added, that your first line of defense when it comes to something like this, is to do source control. So to to isolate the people who are sick, take care of them, protect them, care for them, but keep them away from other healthy people to prevent spread. If you can't do that, right? For those who are asymptomatic shutters, right? For people who have no symptoms, who may be carrying the virus around, who are spreading it around, wearing a mask and physically distancing adds another layer of protection. The mask helps prevent, now, let me take a step back. You know when you talk, and sometimes when you see other people talk, you can sometimes see little bits of spit flying around, right? That happens More
0: often than different. not some days, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so those little bits of spit can carry viruses in them. And if people are sneezing, which they often are during the season, it is allergy season, if people sneeze, if they rub their nose, because their nose is itchy, and then they touch a doorknob, or they grab that piece of fruit that you were just holding or you're about to touch, that virus can spread to you. So that virus can spread through droplets, that virus can spread through touching your nose, touching your mouth, inadvertently, even if you're doing your best not to do that, a mask helps stop that. So a mask
0: helps stop
1: that aerosol. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, as as you said a second ago, we're just kind of learning our way through all of this and uh, what the study is suggesting and saying that those jurisdictions and those uh, countries that adopted the face mask early and quickly they have been the most successful when it comes to containing uh, covid related deaths
1: hands down now i'm going to give a shout out to dr jennifer kwan who's a family doctor out of toronto she's been advocating for everybody to wear masks she's been on a few um, news media she's written a couple of articles Um, And she has been strongly advocating for universal masking. And there seems to be a growing movement. It's got more evidence coming out all the time saying that if everybody wears a mask, you wear a mask, you protect me. I wear a mask, I protect you. This is just like stopping at a red light. We protect one another. This is part of the solidarity of being in a community.
0: Great analogy, great message. Love it. Dr. Lam, appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Have a great day.
0: You as well. There goes Dr. Nadia Alam, the former head of the Ontario Medical Association.